Monday, Monday. Oh, it is Monday again already, everybody. Chester, good to see you. Did you have a good weekend? You did? Yeah, we had a nice time. We, we did a Zoom reunion. You ever done one of those? We got a bunch of people together. I, well, it was, uh, what was it, six, six couples, I think? And uh, we all got together on Zoom, and we're all over the country. But these were all folks that uh, we lived in Long Beach, California, back in the late 60s, early 70s. Yeah, and it was wonderful to see everybody. You know, it's crazy. Out in California, it's in the 90s, and here it's been rainy and cold and blustery. Yeah. In fact, uh, I think this morning it was like 38 degrees or something. Well, anyway, welcome. This is Bob Bro. This is the best old-time radio podcast. And uh, we come to you four days a week. And on Mondays, we play a comedy. On Tuesdays, we play a drama. Wednesdays, a mystery. And Thursdays, a western. And then we get together back on the weekend with an archive show from our many years of doing this. But uh, on Mondays, it's a comedy. And we have a good one lined up today. So what you need to do is get over in the easy chair, get your feet up, let the cares of the day drift away. Maybe get yourself a little snack, a little something to drink, and then be back here in about 30 seconds because we are going to get started right about then. Monday, Monday, can't trust that day. Monday, Monday, it just turns out that way. Potentious or polite Ready tomorrow Comedy tonight <laughs> Well, the great Gildersleeve likes to think of himself as quite the ladies' man. Cupid has smitten Gildersleeve with just a passing glance in a cafe where he gazes upon the most beautiful woman he's ever seen. And that's all it takes. He is off and running. We have an episode of The Great Gildersleeve that we're going to play right now. It was originally broadcast back on the 13th of November in 1946 on NBC. The name of the episode is The Beautiful Lady. And Gildersleeve uh, acts a bit like a schoolboy on this one, I will have to say. So here it goes from 1946, The Great Gildersleeve and Beautiful Lady. The Kraft Foods Company presents The Great Gildersleeve. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. 
every mortal on this earth, some would like to believe there is a guiding star in the heavens. If this is so, then Gildersleeve's star, lumbering through space, must this week have brushed by Venus. Fate moves mysteriously and in sudden ways. Fate was at work the day that Gildersleeve, wearying of the monotonous fare and familiar faces at the idle hour tea shop, wandered alone for lunch into the grill of the Summerfield Hotel. He handed his hat to the checkroom girl, let her help him off with his overcoat, and turned to look for a table. When suddenly, coming toward him, he saw a vision. <laughs> She was, she was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. She was beautiful. An absolute vision of delight. I tell you, she was, well, she was just beautiful. This dame must have been pretty good looking. Who was she? I don't know. All I know is she was beautiful. Well, didn't you ask, for goodness sake? Floyd, I'm trying to tell you, this woman was so beautiful. I know, I know. I couldn't just walk up to her and say, who are you? No, but you could have bumped into her and said, beg your pardon... There's ways. I know, but I couldn't think of them. I couldn't think of anything except that she was beautiful. Hmm. Uh, was this dame alone? Or she was, was she not a dame, Floyd. She was a different type entirely. I don't know whether she was alone or not. I didn't notice. Well, um, what'd she look like? Floyd, she was... I know, she was beautiful. But what did she look like? Was she dark or was she a blonde? I don't know. Well... Was she tall or was she short? I don't remember that either. You sure you saw this dame? Why, of course I saw her. And stop calling her a dame. Oh, pardon me. Finish me up, Floyd. I want to get going. You know what she reminded me of, Floyd? What? A poem we had to learn in school. I don't remember it exactly, but it went uh, something, something, something. And then my heart with rapture fills. And dances with the daffodils. This dame fond of daffodils, is she? How do I know? I was just asking. I thought you were reciting me this poem about daffodils. Maybe she was crazy about them or something. It's the only poem I remember. Oh. Floyd, the woman was beautiful. Yeah, tell me. I'm not joking, Floyd. How do you suppose I could find out who she is? How do you suppose I could meet her? Well, you sort of muffed your chance there. The only way I can think of is to go back where you've seen her. Maybe she'll come in for lunch again. That's an idea. You know, the criminal returns to the scene of the crime and all. Gosh, if she walked in there again, Floyd, I don't know what I'd say. But I'd think of something. Hurry up, let me out of here, Floyd. I've got to... Oh, a little early for lunch, isn't it? Only 11.30. It ain't so early. If you're worried about eating alone, Mr. Gildersleeve, I'll be glad to close the shop and come with you. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, Floyd. This is one thing I'm handling by myself. Now, sir, what'll you have? Huh? Oh, 
Are you expecting somebody else? No, uh, that is, I... Uh, no, I'm alone. Well, what would you like? Uh, I don't know. I'm not very hungry. What's good? The veal shank is very... Yeah, I'll have that. It, say, miss. Yes, sir? Uh, tell me, you haven't seen a lady come in, have you? I mean, she was in here yesterday. What kind of lady? Well, she was uh, quite attractive. She... Uh... No, sir. Nobody like that's been in. <laughs> Look, if uh, you're lonesome... I'm not necessarily doing anything tonight. What's that? Let it go. I'll get your veal shank. Oh, uh, head waiter. Yes, monsieur? Uh, maybe you could tell me. I'm looking for a lady. I don't know who she is, but she was in here for lunch about a week ago. I thought maybe you might have noticed she... Uh... Did she sit at that table right over there? I don't know. I only saw her coming out. Well, was she... Uh... Oh, very. And kind of... Uh... Yes, yes. And did she have the... That's the one. Uh, do you know her? Do you know who she is? No, monsieur. But I know the gentleman she was with. She was with somebody? Mr. Engelbach. Otto Engelbach. Nuts. Engelbach, Peavy, the one man in this town I'm not speaking to. He isn't speaking to me either. Well, it's a small world, Mr. Gildersleeve. <laughs> it's a small town, Peavy, that's what's wrong. This town isn't big enough for me and Otto Engelbach. Well, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> of course, maybe the lady isn't big enough for you and Mr. Engelbach. Peavy, how can a lovely creature like that associate with a fellow like Engelbach? Oh, I don't know. A lot of people are glad to associate with Mr. Engelbart. He's a pretty solid citizen. President of the country club three times running. Yeah, he bought his way in. I told him so, too. No wonder he's not speaking to you. <laughs> like this affair he's giving at the club Saturday, the president's annual dinner. Why do you suppose he does that? So he'll get reelected, throwing his money around. I wouldn't be caught dead at that thing. Were you uh, invited? Nope. I don't care, either. Little sour grapes? Not at all. What would I want to go to the... Say, you don't suppose she'll be there? No. Peavy, she's bound to be there. If she's still in town, a show-off like Engelbach, he'd never miss a chance like that. He'll be parading her around, strutting like a peacock, the fat slob. No, no. Peavy, I can't stand it. What can she see in him, Peavy? Tell me that. Well, after all, he's got money, as you say. And he's an eligible bachelor like yourself. Oh, this girl wouldn't be influenced by money, Peavy. You don't know her. Do you? You can tell at the minute you meet her. There's something, something unearthly about her, Peavy. Something radiant. Something that makes you want to worship from afar. Oh. I've got to meet her, Peavy. I've got to get to that dinner. I thought you wanted to worship from afar. <laughs> don't make fun of me, please, Peavy. I know you don't believe me, but this is the real thing. How can I get to that dinner? Well, the only way I can see is to make friends with Mr. Engelbach. Friends with Engelbach? Never. No, sir. But do you know what he wants me to do? He wants me to apologize. Well? I never apologize to anybody. It's against my principles. Least of all to a fat... Well, Judge Hooker. Gentlemen, gentlemen. Still hanging around drugstores, Gildy? You old goat. What can I do for you, Judge? You'll pardon us a moment, Gildy. Sure, go ahead. Say, Peavy, this stuff you sold me, there aren't any directions with it. No, well, it's very simple. 
You merely apply it to the denture and then... Say, Judge, you know Otto Engelbach? Certainly. Why? I mean, you're on good terms with him and all. Why, of course. Why? Uh, I was just saying to Peavy, what a pity it is that Otto and I haven't been speaking all these years. I don't think Otto's losing any sleep over it. I know, but the whole thing is so unfortunate, Judge. So petty and ridiculous. Two men who ought to be friends carrying on this way. Well, you wouldn't be if you weren't so pig-headed and obstinate. I know. I've been at fault, Horace. You made a very unfair accusation against Otto Engelbach in public. And I think that he had a perfect right to insist on an apology. That's just it, Horace. I've come to see that now. Haven't I, Peavy? Uh, will you do me a favor, Judge? Will you go to Otto and tell him... Why should I go to him? You go to him. Just go and apologize. That's all there is to it. Horace, please, if you just tell him... Tell him yourself. Why should I be the go-between? I'm shy. <laughs> all right, I insulted him in public. I think it's only fair that I apologize in public. What do you mean, in public? Well, you know Otto. You'll be seeing him, Horace. Tell him if he'll invite me to his dinner party Saturday night. Don't tell him I said so, mind you. But tell him you have it on good authority from a source close to me. Yeah? Tell him if he'll invite me to his party, I'll apologize. Will you do that? What are you so anxious to go to his party for? So I can apologize, Judge, for no other reason, believe me. My, my. <laughs> Will you do it, Judge? Will you, for me? All right, then. Do it for Engelbach. Well, if I see him. Uh, thanks, Horace. See, you don't know what a relief this is. I've had this hanging over me all these years. Just didn't want to give in. But lately, I haven't been able to sleep nights hardly, thinking about Otto and I was unfair to him. Tell him that, will you? Uh-huh. Well, I'll be going. And thanks for the information, Peavy. And not at all, Judge. I think you'll find it'll stop that wobble. If it doesn't, bring it back. Don't forget, Judge. You might even find Otto in right now if you stop by his office. <laughs> Mr. Gildersleeve, really, I... Well, what's the difference? All's fair in love and war. <laughs> but to pretend to make friends with your man and then steal his girl... Peavy, I'll say this. It couldn't happen to a nicer fella. <laughs> now, don't say I'm not friendly. Judge Hooker has promised to patch things up for him with Otto Engelbach. But here it is Saturday afternoon, the day of Engelbach's country club dinner, and Gildersleeve has had no news. We find him pacing thoughtfully in his parlor. Uh, the old goat. Would he have the sense to let me know? No, he wouldn't. How could he? No imagination. He doesn't know what I'm going through. He doesn't know how beautiful she was. How beautiful who was? Uh, I was not addressing you, Leroy. There's nobody else here. I thought I was alone. Eavesdropping is a nasty, dirty trick, my boy. That means spying. Who's spying? I just walked in here. I was going to ask you for a quarter. Spying. Can I have a quarter? Leroy, I'm about to answer your question. <laughs> I wish you to regard my answer as the end of our conversation, not the beginning. Do you understand? I only want to see the picture at the Majestic. I just told it's you. It's an educational picture. I thought you'd want me to see it. Educational? It's three little girls in blue. <laughs> well, it's an educational short. Goes with it. 
Leroy, I told you I wanted no lengthy arguments. You said when you answered it, it'd be the end, but you haven't answered yet, so I thought I'd tell you some of the advantages. Then if you... The answer is no. Now, for heaven's sake... Well, if I can't go to the movies, can Piggy come over and play? I don't want Piggy hanging around here this afternoon, Leroy. We won't hang around. We'll play. I don't want you playing here either. We'll play quietly. And stop arguing with me. Who's arguing? Okay. Permit me to answer it, Leroy. Sure. Gosh, what's eating him anyway? Hello? Just a minute, I'll call her. Leroy, please go upstairs and ask your sister to come to the telephone. Do not yell. Okay. Gosh, there's nothing the matter with her. <laughs> Maybe Hooker hasn't even seen Engelbach. If he had any idea what I was after. Oh, no, he wouldn't. Maybe he just forgot all about it. Man, his age gets absent-minded. Better call him up. Yes, by George, I'll call him right this very minute. I'll... Who is it, Anki? Do you know? <laughs> I didn't ask. Some girl. Francie? I don't know. Please be brief, Marjorie. I'm anxious to use the telephone. Hello? Oh, hello, Mary Louise. What do you know? Well, it's funny that you should call because I heard only this morning that Francie told Clubby the same thing. So naturally, Lloyd knows all about it. And if he knows George knows because Lloyd tells his brother everything, it's terrible to get mixed up with brothers. Marjorie, I'm anxious to use the telephone. If you will confine your conversation to the essentials, I shall be greatly obliged. Wait a minute, Mary Louise. Anki's mumbling about something. Get off the telephone. I want to use it. Now. <laughs> well, I'll call you back, Mary Louise. I hope you realize Mary Louise could hear every word you said. I don't care what Mary Louise heard. I could hear her gasp at the other end. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> Better take it easy, Marge. The least little thing seems to get him in an uproar. Well, good heavens. Hello. I'd like to speak to Judge Hooker, please. I don't care. This is important. Yes, this is Mr. Gildersleeve. The old goat working on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> Listen, Hooker, you said you were going to get a hold of Otto Engelbach for me. Why didn't you call me? What did he say? You might have let me know. <laughs> good old Horace. <laughs> Seven o'clock, black tie. Why, George, you're a real friend, Judge. If I can ever do a favor for you, just name it. Thanks again, Horace, and so long. Woo-hoo! I'll be down to get you in a taxi, honey. Better be ready about half past eight. Well, children, what's the idea of moping around the house on a beautiful Saturday afternoon? Huh? Do you mind if I use the telephone, Anki? Telephone? Certainly not, my dear. Telephone to your heart's content. Telephone to Philadelphia. Call up somebody in San Francisco. The sky is the limit. For heaven's sake. And Leroy, go to the movies. <laughs> <laughs> what a character. <laughs> That's enough. Yeah, where the devil is the soap? Oh, here. Too hot? Nope. Just right. What'll I say to her? First impressions are very important. I suppose there'll be a whole mob of people around, band playing and so forth. And somebody'll say, 
Miss so-and-so, may I present Mr. Gildersleeve? And she'll say, how do you do? And I'll say, how do you do? Then what do I say? Well, Miss so-and-so, where have you been all my life? I'll just say it lightly like that. Well, Miss so-and-so, where have you been all my life? And she'll say, yeah, something like... Uh, oh, Mr. Gildersleeve, where have you been all my life? <laughs> then what? Where have you been all my life? I can sort of smile at her and say, I've been waiting to meet someone like you. That ought to get her. And I guess I could ask her to dance. Just an excuse to leave the other people. But you'll understand that. Uh, would you care to dance, Miss So-and-so, by any chance? I'd love to. Got to have a little more hot water. <laughs> you dance beautifully, Miss So-and-so. Light as a feather. You lead brilliantly, Mr. Gildersleeve. You seem to feel the music. Oh, I do. Tonight. Is there something special about tonight? Oh, there is. I feel I've known you for a long time. Possibly in another world. I had a similar feeling when I saw you coming across the room just now. Even before we met. Miss So-and-so, I don't like to ask this on such short acquaintance, but does that loudmouth Otto Engelbach mean anything to you? I can't stand Otto Engelbach. Neither can I. I wasn't going to say anything if he was a friend of yours, naturally. He's but... an old friend of my brother's. But he's treated me practically like a prisoner ever since I've been here. He hasn't introduced me to anyone. Takes me on long rides. Why, the... Has he tried to force his attentions on you? I've been able to prevent that. Why, if he was to lay a finger on you, I'd break him in two like a match. It's nice to know I have a strong defender. Hee. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Miss So-and-so, let's go out on the terrace. I think that's a lovely idea. There's a moon. And I know a dandy little place to sit. You can see the whole 18th fairway, practically. Isn't it a beautiful night? Lovely. You're not worried about being out here with me on account of Engelbach? Oh, no. Aren't you afraid of what white people might say? Not me. Don't sigh. And gaze at me Your sighs Are so like mine Your eyes Mustn't glow like mine People will say We're in love Ah, oh, Mr. Gildersleeve Call me Throckmorton, Miss So-and-so. Throckmorton. Hey, Unc, what are you doing in there? Did you fall asleep? Certainly not. I'm washing thoroughly, that's all.
Yes, Floyd? I'm on my way. Just dropped in for you to put on a couple of uh, finishing touches. Now, let me see. Gee, the old tux still shapes up pretty good, don't it? Well, it's not so old. It cost me plenty 15 years ago. Uh-huh. Boiled shirt and pearl studs. Hey, those ain't real pearls, are they, Commissioner? Well, they're not the most expensive variety. I believe they're mother of pearl. Well, it's all in the family. <laughs> Gee, I'd say you were all set to mow them down, Mr. Gillisleeve. What do you want from me? Well, I don't know. Let's see. Uh, mustache? Uh, hair trim? Massage? I've shaved, of course. You but... shaved all right. If I tried to shave you any closer, you'd bleed to death. <laughs> Turn around. Let me see in the back. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, no, no, you don't want to trim. Uh, you're right at the best stage. Uh, don't look like you just had a haircut, you know what I mean? Uh, you're sure? Oh, why should I lie to you? I could run the clippers up and down there and charge you half a buck. Rather see you look good. Well, thanks, Lloyd. I appreciate that. This, uh, this means a lot to me, you know. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, here I go. <laughs> Here I go. Oh, good evening. Oh, hello. How are you, Mrs. Van Hartsfeld? <laughs> yeah, good evening. Well, Gildy, I've been looking for you. Oh, hello, Judge. See you later. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Huh? Engelbach was around here just a second ago. Engelbach? Well, there's no hurry about it, is there? Oh, yeah. I thought you were in a hurry to get straightened out with him. I thought that you... Uh, Horace. What's the matter? Let go of me. Horace, that lady over there, that lady, have you met her? Sure I have. She's the guest of honor. You want to meet her? Horace, if you'll introduce me to her, I'll be in your debt as long as I live. In longer. Well, that's easy. Come on. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, is my tie straight? Oh, sure. What's the difference? Come on. Okay. Well, here we are. Miss Stevens, may I present my friend, Mr. Gildersleeve? How do you do? How do you do? <sighs> Uh, well, Miss Stevens, where have you been all my life? Oh, and her husband, Colonel Stevens, Mr. Gildersleeve. How do you do? Uh, how do you do? <laughs> Colonel Stevens is the noted flyer. Oh, oh, he is. Well, uh, would you gentlemen forgive me if I dance with my wife? I haven't seen her in two years. How about it, darling? I'd love to, darling. She... <laughs> Charming woman, isn't she, Gildy? Oh, here comes Engelbach. Now you can get squared away. What? Well, good evening, Gildersleeve. I understand there was something you wanted to say to me. Yes, go fly a kite.
too bad. Well, what do I care? Her nose was too big. <laughs> Good night, folks. <laughs> The Great Gildersleeve is played by Harold Perry. It is written by John Whedon and Sam Moore. The music is by Jack Meekin. Included in the cast are Walter Tetley as Leroy and Louise Erickson as Marjorie. Dick Legrand plays Mr. Peavy and Judge Hooker is Earl Ross. This is John Lang saying goodnight for the Kraft Foods Company and inviting you to listen in again next Wednesday for the further adventures of The Great Gildersleeve. Good night. cream always tastes especially good. So ask your grocer for several packages of Frizz. Yes, Frizz, F-R-I-Z-Z, is the new craft product that makes delicious ice cream right in your own refrigerator. Ice cream that's velvety smooth and rich with plenty of milk and cream. It's easy. Just add water, a little sugar, and freeze according to the directions on the package. So economical, you get six generous servings from one small package. Remember, Frizz is made by an exclusive process that retains the fresh cream flavor. Try it soon. The new craft product called Frizz. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Does anybody here remember Frizz? I don't remember ever having Frizz. It must not have lasted very long. Just mixing water and a little sugar in with some powder and make and putting it in the freezer and making ice cream. Mm, I don't know about that one. I, I'd like to try it. What the heck, I'd like to try it. It was a craft food product. I looked it up. And uh, they had their own little bowl, looked like a plastic bowl that uh, said frizz on the side of it. So maybe that's what you, you, you put in the freezer. Interestingly enough, it used to, uh, ad- they used to advertise on the Archie radio show and in Archie comic books. And in the- that was about the time Archie was getting started. You know, Archie and Veronica and Jughead. By the way, if any of you happen to have issue number one of Archie Comics, I'll give you a hundred bucks for it. <laughs> Why? Well, look on eBay. I, I saw prices on that going from around twelve, thirteen thousand dollars to up to over a hundred thousand dollars if it was in premium primo mint condition. I don't know. But there again, it's always supply and demand. Uh, just because it's someone says it's, quote, worth that, unquote, you have to have someone willing to pay for it. Well, so that was the great Gildersleeve, and that one was from 1946. 
And as you saw there, Gildy was the great romantic. Did you ever ever get smitten with somebody like that? That as soon as you met them, you knew this was the this was the woman for me. Well, ironically, the person I did that with was my wife, Carol. As soon as she walked in the lobby, I I was smitten quite quite rapidly, and I wanted to meet her. And the rest is history. We'll be married 48 years this uh, November. So that's my smitten story. But I remember in high school, yeah, having all kinds of crushes on people. Sure, guys did it. Girls did it. It's just all part of nature. Okay, gang, well, that is going to do it for Monday, October the 19th, 2020. Hope you enjoyed our comedy. We'll be back tomorrow with a drama, and on Wednesday with a mystery, on Thursday with a western. We are going to go out tonight with, um, with a couple of songs that have the same title. One was from 1946, and the other one was from, I believe, 1957 or 58. The first one is by uh, Johnny Mercer. The second one by Lloyd Price. This is Bob Bro. I'm so glad you stopped by, and I am so glad you met me. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. The madam has the cutest personality And think of all the books about DuBarry's looks What was it made of the toast to She had a well-developed personality What did Romeo see in Juliet Or Pierrot in Pierrette or Jupiter in Juno You know And when Salome danced and had the boys in trance No doubt it must have been easy to see That she knew how to use her personality
and take your tation Well, I never sit on a boss's settee Unless she's got a perfect personality A girl can get somewhere in spite of stringy hair Or even just a bit bored at the knees If she can show a faultless Personality. Why are certain girls offered certain things like sable coats and wedding rings by men who wear their spats right? That's right. So don't you say I'm smart and have the kindest heart? Oh, what a wonderful sister I'd be. Just tell me how you like mine. Rough. Personality Baby, you've got the cutest Personality Oh, over and over I tried to prove my love to you Over and over What more can I do? Uh-huh. 